Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Who's got an iPad? Who's got a Bible on an iPhone? Who's got an iPad? Who's any real Christians that have a Bible with pages? Come on. the, The book of Ben in the Bible says that if your Bible has pages, you are... First in line to get into heaven. Anyone got a stolen Gideon Bible you want to admit and confess? Lord forgives you. I want you to turn with me to Genesis 25 and I'm going to read something. And uh, I've got a, I'm not going to preach for long, probably two and a half or so hours. Genesis 20. Shut up. There's not one person in here that would be excited about that. I don't care how much you love Jesus. Let's go to Genesis 25. Uh, And I want to read from verse 29. It says, Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I'm going to read further on in a minute. But this is a, um, this is such a, I think it's such a sad moment in the Bible and and in, in Scripture, in history rather. We look at this story and you see a dude that has this moment, this moment of weakness and it costs him, costs him his birthright. Because when the Bible is talking about Esau and Jacob, when it's talking about Esau, Esau was naturally, he was, he had a natural birthright that was owed to him. Esau was the one, the Bible says, Esau was the, he was the man's man in the house. He was, he was the one that was out hunting. He was the one that, you know, he was the one, he was ripped. He was built like Pastor Javon a bit, you know, just a little bit more hair than Pastor Javon. He was the one out in the field. He's, he was the one, the Bible says, that his father looked favourably upon. He was the one that had the favour. He had the natural gifting. He, he had the ability. He was the man's man. Then then you had Jacob. Jacob was, was a little bit of a mama's boy. Jacob was the one that liked to stay inside. And what happens in this story is we see this moment where Esau allows the moment. We see this scenario where Esau allows the moment to catch him off guard. Esau, it's almost like Esau has gotten so comfortable in what he has naturally. Esau has gotten so, he's got a little bit of favour with his dad. He's out in the field, he's doing his thing. But then all of a sudden he hits this moment where he's just, he gets caught off guard. 
and he sells out on his birthright, birthright for just that moment. It says something to us, I think, of how we've got to be very careful as Christians and as people that we don't allow things in our life to get so cruisy and so comfortable that we drop our guard. That we don't get just so used to just doing what we know how to do, thinking that we have this Christian walk down, thinking that we know a few Scriptures, thinking that I know what I'm doing, I'm okay, I'm kicking along. Because I want to tell you, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the enemies after you. So the moment you drop your guard, He'll come and try and take you out. His comfort, His comfort got the better of Him. Don't let what God's has blessed you with end up becoming a curse in your life. James tells us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. We know the story of David and Bathsheba. David had incredible favour, incredible victories. But then he has this moment. What happens in this story is Esau gives in to his immediate need. We cannot make lifelong decisions based on temporary cravings. He made a lifelong decision based on a temporary craving, a temporary moment where it was like, gave up, gave up his birthright just for that, for that one moment. And then look at what he says. In verse 32, it says, Esau looked and he said, look, I'm about to die. Look at this word. And he says, what is this birthright to me? This lifelong purpose that he was called to upon his life, his birthright was clouded just for that moment of temporary satisfaction. How quickly when the enemy comes and tempts us, how quickly we can throw something so valuable to the side just for that moment of temporary satisfaction. How many marriages would have been saved if we knew what it was to put a guard up and not allow those temporary moments of satisfaction get us off course? Well, we can throw in a moment. He says, what is this birthright to me? It's like saying, what is this marriage to me? Or what are these kids to me? What is integrity in your business? What does it matter? I can do this deal. What does it mean to live right? What does it matter? What is morality? What does it mean to, to tread a straight line and to live for the things of God? We're in a day and age where we're so flippant about living right and so flippant about walking in integrity where we just, we just throw it off to the side. Whenever it feels right for us or wherever it's convenient for us. I want to tell you that it, it, it costs us. But look, I want to show you something. So Esau has this, this, this moment. But then look, as you look further down in the story in Genesis 27. In Genesis 27, verse 37, some time goes past. You know the story. His brother ends up stealing his birthright. And look at this, he comes back. Then Isaac answers and said to Esau in Genesis 27, verse 37, Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master. 
It's interesting that what Esau gave into eventually became his master. When you give into sin long enough, that sin will become a master over you. That's what addiction is. He says he became his master, but look at this. And all his brethren, I've given to him as servants with grain and with wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do for you now, my son? In other words, this is Isaac saying to Esau, he says, bro, I mean, you're done. Like you sold it out. He has now become your master. You've lost everything. And look at Esau. 38, this hit my heart. In 38, and Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. That hit my heart when I read that. Have you only one blessing? And then I started thinking of this story and, and I know that we've heard it preached so many times and, and hear what I'm saying. It's, it's a powerful story that, that Esau, he did do the wrong thing. He did sell out. He did give it all up in that one moment and he did miss it in that moment. But I started to think, is the call of God upon our lives so fragile that in one moment we can lose it? Is there not another blessing? Is that the only blessing? I started to look at this and I started to think how many of us have made those same, when I started and we're talking and we're, we're ready to criticise Esau, weren't we? We're like, look at this dude, not living right, not living integrity, man, sold out his birthright. How many of us have been in that same scenario? Well, we've made, man, we've made a dumb decision. Well, we've messed up with, is, is one moment, is one moment of weakness going to cost you the call of God on your life? Is there not another blessing? This is what Esau said. I want you to hear the heart of this dude. The Bible said that he was weeping. Do I not get another chance? Is it all gone? Is, is everything that I'm called to do and everything that you put me on this earth to do, is there, is there not another way back? Is there not another way that we can work this out? Is there only one blessing? And that's what I want to preach to you real quickly. Because I want to show you that in the Kingdom of God, that there is one more blessing. I want to show you in this story, that in the Kingdom of God, there is one more blessing. That your past and the mistakes of your past don't have to dictate to you what your future is going to look like under the blood of Jesus Christ. Church, I wanna tell you there's one more blessing. I read that, it stirred my heart because I thought of where I actually felt like I prayed that same prayer and I said, God, is this it? Because I messed up, because I've made these mistakes, because I haven't done it right, is that it? Is there not another blessing? Is there gonna be another moment? The Bible says, if you read this story down in verse 40, this is the key. He says, by your sword you shall live. This is Isaac speaking to him. And you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless. 
that you shall break His yoke from your neck. What this is talking about, the Bible talks about a yoke. Can they put that? Can you guys put that picture up? I gave them a picture. In olden Bible, in Bible times, they would have there was a, a yoke. When it talks about a yoke, it's not talking about something that you like to eat for breakfast. It's talking about something that would it was a piece of, of timber or piece of wood that would would bind would bind two cattle together or two bulls together. And this was a picture. It was saying, this was Isaac saying to his son, saying, because of the mistake you made, you are now bound. There is now a yoke that binds you to your mistake. But he says to him, he says, it shall come to pass that when you become restless, when you become restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. And I felt like God speak to me about some people here that it's time for you to ask God for that one more blessing. And I felt like God speak to me that there has to be an unsettling. That word restless, it means unsettling. It means a shaking. It says when you get restless in where you're at and say, God, I want that one more blessing that You have for me, that one more blessing that You're calling me to walk in, that one more blessing that You have lined up for my life. When you get restless for it, you'll break that yoke and you'll step into everything that God has for you. But I want to tell you a couple of quick things. I want to show you a few quick things. How to break through into one more blessing. When the Bible talks about breakthrough and it talks about it, and I touched on it this morning. But when it talked about breaking through into new ground and taking new territory, it talks about the children of Israel taking new territory and there were 12 tribes of Israel. And the Bible says that the first tribe was the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah represents praise. In order for you to break that yoke, in order for you to break out of that, I want to I want to tell you there has to come a an unsettled praise that's got to come out of your life. An unsettled praise, a pra- a, a restless praise if you like. A praise that comes out of your heart that says, you know what, I'm not going to stay here. That's what Isaac was saying to Esau. He said, if you want to break out of this, there's got to be a praise that comes out of your heart. There's got to be something that comes out of you that's restless. That'll A praise that'll shake where you are and break you out of where you are into where you're called to go. It's, it's, a, it's a restless, it's a breakthrough praise. Until you can praise beyond your today, you'll never step into your tomorrow. That's what happened in Acts 6 with Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were in the prison. You know the story, they're in the prison and the Bible says that they were bound with chains. But it says when they made that decision that they were going to praise. It says that the chains broke off them. There's got to be something that come out of us as Christians that's not just a regular praise. It's an unsettled praise. It's a restless praise. It's a praise that comes out of our heart that says, I'm not going to wait for my situation around me to cause me to praise. I'm going to praise in the middle of a tough time. I'm going to praise in the middle of a difficult time. I'm going to praise while the yoke is still on me in knowing that my praise is about to break 
break this yoke that's trying to hold me down. Because some of you, it's a battle that you face where the enemy constantly tries to remind you of your past. And what it does is it causes you to settle. Like Isaac said, it'll break when you get restless. It'll break when you get unsettled. And the enemy will say, when we talk in church, and we talk in church a lot about blessing. We talk in church a lot about favour, favour for your marriage, favour for your kids, that you're going to do great things for God, that, that you're blessed to be a blessing, that God's going to guide you, God's going to direct you. But then the voice of the enemy will try and settle down the promises of God. And you think you've got to accept a watered down promise from heaven for your life because of the yoke that you feel like you're bound to. But I want to tell you, church, it's time for you to get unsettled. It's time for you to get restless and say, if the blood of Jesus Christ is truly as powerful as the Word says it is, then I don't have to carry this yoke on me. I don't have to settle for a watered down blessing. I can take the fullness of what God has for my life. Is breaking, is breaking that yoke that's trying to hold, hold you down. An unsettled praise won't wait for your situation to change. It'll praise in the middle. In Second Chronicles verse 20 talks about the story of Jehoshaphat. Great multitude coming up against him. And God spoke to him and said, when you get out there, He says, I want you to first begin. In fact, He said to him, this battle is not yours. This battle is God's. And He says, when you get, you're not going to have to fight this battle. He says, It'll, God will fight it for you. He says, when you get out on the field, what I want you to do is, I want you to first begin by praise and worship. That it was praise that broke it open. And as I was praying and looking at this story, I felt God stir my heart to say it's time for some of you to get an unsettled praise in your heart, an unsettled faith in your heart that will shake off that yoke that's trying to hold you down, that's trying to bind you to a bad decision that you made, that you've settled for a, for a marriage that's less than because of a past mistake. That you've settled for what you're believing for your kids because you think that you, you ate the stew back in the day. And so because of that, then I want to encourage you and remind you that there's one more blessing. That God has one more blessing for your life. That it doesn't have to stay there. It doesn't have to finish there because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says He separates as far as the east is from the west. Our sin and our mistakes. It's time for us to shake off. Shake off that past that's trying to hold you back. Shake off that past that's trying to hold you down and stop you from stepping into the fullness of what God has for you. It's an unsettled praise. Something else of, of an unsettled, I wrote down, an unsettled obedience to the things of God. The thing about the thing about a yoke is when the yoke is on the animal, it causes, it only allows rather, it only allows the animal 
to move its head up and down. That's what the yoke, that's, that's the purpose of the yoke is to prevent any other movement. It only allows the animal to move its head up and down. See, this is a picture of how so many of you respond to the devil when the devil speaks into your ear. And the devil says, you're hopeless. You agree with that. The devil says, because of your mistakes, you can't believe for breakthrough. And you say, yes, that's true. The devil says you're never going to be truly free. You're always going to be in bondage. You're always going to battle that addiction. You're always going to carry that depression. You're always going to have to deal with that memory or, or that disunity in your family or that brokenness or that hurt because of the decision you made. And we're like, when we're wearing that yoke, we are, it's like we are bound to that. And all we do is just, we just say yes. We just say yes. And we continue to just walk the path that's less than. But what Isaac was talking about when he said to Esau, it's time, the only way you can break the yoke is when you get unsettled. That's when you make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to be obedient to the things of God. So when the enemy says that I'm less than, I'm not going to just nod up and down. I'm going to, sh I'm going to shake my head just a little bit. And I'm going to say, you know what? You know what? That doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel like Jesus saved and set me free. What, what you're telling me, devil, doesn't, that doesn't seem to fit with Him who set free, shall be free indeed. That doesn't seem to line up. When the devil tells you, you need to just settle down. You need to stop believing for breakthrough. You need to stop believing for blessing. You need to, some of you need to make that decision to get unsettled in your response and say, you know what? I'm not going to agree with that anymore. I'm going to start to get unsettled and I'm going to start to shake and I'm going to start to believe that this Word is true for me and for my life. It's a, it, there's an unsettling. Stop agreeing with what the enemy is declaring over your life. We tune in. It's like a, it's like a radio station. We, you could tune in different frequencies. And some of you have got to tune out what the enemy is saying for you and for your life. Because the enemy is subtle in how he attacks us. He's subtle. The Bible says that when the enemy came and the snake came and spoke to Eve, that it was more subtle than any other animal. It doesn't say it was stronger. It doesn't say it was more powerful. It says it was more subtle. It's the subtle ways of the enemy. Just believe for a little breakthrough, but not all the way. Just believe for a little bit of blessing, but not remember, remember that mistake you made back in the day. That's going to affect you're now. Just believe for, listen, don't believe for a great husband. Don't believe for a great wife. Don't believe for a blessed marriage. Just settle. Just be happy. Just listen. Remember your past? Well, you need to be just happy that anyone chose you to marry. Remember your, come on, don't laugh out loud. Let you... The enemy, that's how he operates. Come on, don't you listen. You, you remember what you were like as a kid? Don't believe that your kids are going to live for God. Just be happy you got kids. Be happy. This is, this is what the enemy's trying to do. Trying to settle. Trying to push. But some of you, you've got to get a, a tenacity in your spirit. 
that starts to shake and say, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up with what the Bible says. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. There's something's amiss because the Bible tells me that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I can shake off my past completely. I can step into the fullness of what God has for me. I'm not bound to my past. I cut off those soul ties. I cut off those addictions and I step into the breakthrough. That God, the God is calling me to. You think Jesus came and hung on a cross so that you could have a second rate life? He didn't pay a second rate price, so don't settle for a second rate life. You've got to say and look the devil in the face and say, I'm taking everything that the devil, everything the devil's tried to steal for me, and I'm stepping into everything that God has done for me. It's, a, it's an unsettled. It's a wrestling. It's, it's, you've got to wrestle. You've got to wrestle for your destiny. You've got to wrestle for it and say, you know what? I need that. This is what I like about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She was someone that broke through. She was someone because of her condition, there was a lot of shame. There was, she wasn't, it says that she wasn't even meant to be out there among people. But instead, instead of just saying yes to the devil, instead of just saying yes to the enemy that was trying to keep her at home, that was trying to keep her bound, that was trying to keep her in her condition, this crazy chick said, you know what, I'm not. I'm not staying. I'm, this is stupid. I'm not staying here as unpopular as it might be. I need my breakthrough. As unpopular it might be, I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to break through and I'm going to get something of God. And do you know what the Bible says? That the Bible says that this woman broke through so much. The Bible says that when she reached out and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was the first person to ever get a miracle through touching the hem of His garment. But look at what happened when she broke through. And you can read it in Scripture later on in Scripture. You start reading stories and it says the crowd after this woman, it says the crowd started to gather and Scripture says crowd started to gather and all of them just wanted to touch the hem of His garment. They weren't talking it before this woman broke through. They wanted to touch Jesus. But then because this woman broke through, her breakthrough was not just about her. It was about others. That's why there was the battle for it. So when she broke through, others saw, you know what? I might be able to get the same miracle out of touching the hem of His garment. Church, I want to tell you, sometimes the battle is so great because the breakthrough is not just about you. That's what generational blessing is all about. That, that's what it is. And if the enemy can keep you yoked, if the enemy can keep you bound, if the enemy can cause you to settle, then maybe your kids will grow up settling as well. Maybe through keeping you where you are, he can keep your kids in that same place. That's why there's the wrestle. Because you're not just breaking through for yourself. You're breaking through for the next generation. That when they come up under you, they're not going to carry the same hurt. They're not going to come under the same bondage. They're not going to come under the same addiction. I need some of my Dream Center friends to get excited because you're breaking through. I know it's hard. 
I know it's a struggle. I know you feel like giving up sometimes, but I want to tell you, your kids are going to grow up different. Someone give God some praise because He's a God of breakthrough. It's going to look different in your home to what you grow up in. Mom and dad are going to treat each other different. It's going to act a little bit different around the kids because kids are going to come up and they're going to see something, something a breakthrough. It's getting unsettled. I think of my family. I think of my mum. My mum grew up. And my mum's preached here before. You said she's about four foot nothing and crazy off her head. And and she, uh, she, she, you know, you've seen, you've heard her preach before, and, and I've shared stories about her before. She, I mean, like I said, she's a bit crazy. She just loves. She's a very noisy Christian. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um. And, and that, was, that was sort of what, what I grew up in. I mean, she, she's just, she doesn't know how to pray quietly. I've tried to teach her and train her. Socially acceptable prayers, she doesn't quite understand. She's someone that prays, she prays for everything. Do you know what I mean? Like everything. You've heard me say the story about like everyone else will be going through, like you're driving through a parking lot. Do you know what I mean? Looking for a parking space. Normal people just look for one. My mom's driving through the parking lot. Thank you, Lord. I'm believing for a parking lot. In Jesus' name, I declare, Lord God, you go before me. You make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm sitting in the front seat, like one of the window up, slowly going down, like, hey, what's up? Early days, people are like, what's your mum speak? I'm like, she's from another country. She speaks another language. Don't worry about it. She grew up, she grew up, my grandmother was in, 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 uh, in the fashion industry. She travelled, she travelled a lot internationally all the time. Her dad, she was sexually abused for years and years and years and she tells us testimony. Her dad, so my grandfather was, was, was a bookie, was a gambler, professional gambler and a boxer. Alcoholic, violent. She didn't grow up in a Christian upbringing. She didn't grow up in, in that environment. And so she had to make a decision. When the enemy tried to yoke her to her upbringing, when the enemy tried to say, this is what's happened to you, so this is who you are. See, that's what the enemy tried to do to Esau. The enemy said, look at what it said. When you ate the stew, it said the stew was a red stew. And the Bible says, I read it earlier, when you ate the stew, and then it says your name now became Edom. If you look at what the word Edom means, it means red. See, that's what the enemy will try and say. Because of what happened to you, that's who you are. That's what, the, that's what happened with blind Bartimaeus, the story of blind Bartimaeus. Think about that. He was labelled by his issue. One of the greatest ways the enemy can keep you locked down is to tell you that you are your weakness. And he speaks and says, who are you to believe for great things? You're addicted. Who are you to believe for great things? 
You've got an issue in this area. Who do you to believe for breakthrough in your life? You've been abused and abused people. This is how they live. This is how they raise their children. This is how they operate. But I thank God that I had a mum that said, you know what? I'm going to quit nodding to the enemy. And I'm going to get unsettled in my praise and unsettled in my obedience. And I'm going to shake it, if not for me, for my children's sake. So I get to come up in a home now and I get to stand here proof purchase of someone that made that decision to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm this, I'm not staying here. And this is what I want to do tonight. And, and we're good, we've got time. I believe that the Lord wants to do some stuff. I believe across this room, there are people in this room that you've made agreement. You've made agreements with the enemy, whatever it might be to try and that you've, that you've partnered with the enemy in a sense in your mind, in your thinking, and you've agreed with what the enemy has said, who you are to, that's tried to keep you locked down. But I want to break and I want to pray for people tonight and see you step out of where you are into what you're called to be. I want to see some people tonight get a little bit unsettled right across this room as, as the band comes. And before we close, I want to do this. I want everyone to stand to their feet right across this room. And just if we can just close our eyes. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here in this room right now. God, I thank you for your hand upon them. God, I thank you that you're doing a work in them. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that even right now that you're doing a work. God, I thank you that despite our mistakes, that there's one more blessing. God, I thank you that despite challenges we've had and agreements that we've made. Some of you have made an agreement with the enemy because of upbringing that you'll always be poor. You will always struggle. It's a poverty mindset. And you will never receive blessing until you break that yoke off your life and say, that is not me. I am called to be blessed, blessed to be a blessing, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He still said, is there not one more blessing? He said, is, there, is, this, is that it? He said, did I, like what I read before, did I screw up so bad that that's it? I want to show you what happens, Genesis 33. This is when Esau is reunited with his brother. It says, but Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept and he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are these with you? He said, the children of God, he's got people with him. Verse 8, 33 verse 8, Then Esau said, What do you mean by all this company which I met? In other words, why have you got all of these people? Why have you got all of this stuff with you? He came to meet his brother and he brought all of these things with him. And then he said, These are to find favour in your sight, in the sight of my God, which means, in other words, this is all for you. I know I stole your birthright, but I want to give it back. But look at what he says. But Esau said, this is the dude that sold up his birthright, sold up everything, was meant to lose everything, was meant to not have anything. Esau said, I have enough. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. Which means even though, yes, he gave up his birthright, 
there was still one more blessing that God poured out upon him that when he got the chance to get it back, he said, you know what? God's blessed me so much, I don't even need that anymore because God gave me one more blessing. Come on, give Him praise. Come on, there's one more blessing. I know you might have made a mistake, but there's one more blessing. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.